Just a quick reminder that this episode, the sound quality is not going to be quite what you're used to because I'm recording on my phone on vacation. This will be the last episode that is this way. So I hope you can bear with us for one more episode and we'll be back to normal next week. Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville. In the heart of downtown, in fact, right at the corner of East North and North Main Street, lies a little shop where eaters can come together. The Spice and Tea Exchange has spices, sugars, salts, teas, and in-house made spice blends that you can purchase starting at a half ounce and working their way up. They've even provided spices and the like to restaurants and food trucks. So you can get these in mass quantities if you need to. You can even have a proprietary blend of salt or spice made, labeled, and bottled for your special event, whether it's a wedding, a graduation party, whatever you've got going on just for you. They want to help make that an awesome favor for your event. So you can visit them, like I said, on the corner of East North and North Main downtown, or you can visit their website at spiceandtea.com slash Greenville. We've been telling you about Uptown Poor here on the podcast for a while now, and we're super excited. They're continuing to support us and everything we're trying to do to help grow soccer in the upstate. But I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Uptown Poor. They're part of of an umbrella organization called the Uptown Company, which is Uptown Poor and Uptown Catering. So they offer these two unique uh, services for you. One, Uptown Poor being a beverage catering company where they can give you bar service for your event or party. And then Uptown Catering, where they can, can they can bring food. They can do any of the food items for your party. And so you can use them in tandem together to put on an incredible event. If it's a wedding, if it's an anniversary, if it's some kind of party you're hosting this summer, you need to check out Uptown Poor and Uptown Catering. And if you have, if you're like me, you're a visual person, you want to see what this kind of stuff looks like, I would encourage you to go over to Instagram, check out The Uptown Company, and you can see pictures of drinks and food that they've done. Man, they had a picture of some cannolis from the Artisphere tent that they had, and man, do they look good. They also had some fish tacos and margaritas that looked really good. So go check them out on Instagram there. Um, And then you can visit their two sites, UptownPoorCo.com or UptownCateringSC.com to check out all the things that they have on offer. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show, the completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on, Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in once again to another episode of Yeah, That Soccer Show. We are excited to come to you once again today to talk a little Greenville FC. We're going to talk very, very briefly about the Wednesday night matchup against the Emerald Force in Knoxville, a 4-1 loss for Greenville FC. And then we're going to talk a little bit to preview the Carolina Classico, 
We have a name for our new rivalry with Asheville City. We're going to talk to Tim Bilkicki from Your Smarter Than Us podcast, the Asheville City that covers Asheville City, both the men's and women's team, and we're going to break down that match a little later on. But first, let's talk about Greenville's 4-1 loss to Emerald Force on Wednesday night this week. Uh, we don't have a lot to say about this match because, unfortunately, despite NPSL requiring all teams to stream the games, this game was not streamed. And that is very, very unfortunate because it's hard for us as fans to be able to consume the teams we want to watch um, when teams are just blatantly not abiding by league rules and streaming for other fans. Every other team in our division does this. And for some reason, Emerald Force only streams a handful of their games, and I don't know why. Uh, it's very frustrating, and it's you know it's hard for me as a podcaster, someone who covers this team who can't go to all the away games, to be able to talk intelligently about a game that I was not able to see uh, because a team is not doing what they're supposed to do. So I'm not going to spend a ridiculous amount of time breaking it down. I'm hoping to have on the play-by-play guy for Greenville FC, Easton Smith, who was at the game on Wednesday night. But we're going to try to get him on Sunday to have for the podcast next week. So maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this game at that point. But just a couple of things worth noting. One being Regson Watkins gets the early goal, puts Greenville FC up ahead. I think that's the first time in a match this year that we've taken the early lead. I could be mistaken on that because now that I think about it, there might have been another game where we got an early goal. Um, but, it, it, you know, he gets the early goal. And it sounded like, you know, obviously I'm not watching the game. I'm just reading through Twitter what the team is posting. sounded like it was a very choppy game in terms of a lot of fouls, a lot of just really rough play from the Emerald Force, which is what we expected. We talked about that on this podcast with their numbers of yellows and reds and guys just getting into all kinds of issues with cards and fouls. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. One thing that really I took note of was that Paul Tyson was subbed off at halftime. I don't know if that was just a let's get him some rest, you know, let's give him uh, give him ha- a half off because he's been playing every minute of every game, you know, since game two. Or if, uh, and I hope this is not the case, or if he's nursing an injury. Um, So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But um, what I wanted to do was talk a little bit, transition over to talking a little bit about the Asheville City matchup. So the team announced this week that in conjunction with Asheville City, Greenville FC, the Milltown Operatives, and the South Slope Blues, who are the supporters group for Asheville City, that this rivalry now has a name. The Carolina Classico, obviously a play off of Real Madrid and Barcelona's El Classico that they match up in every year. Um, I think it's a cool it's a cool name. Uh, you know, I've heard some some beef from some other Carolina soccer fans who feel like. That's too big of a name for two NPSL teams. But, hey, here's my contention. We got there first. You got to stick claim on your rivalry name, and if nobody's claimed it and we call dibs, then it belongs to us. So Carolina Classico it is. And the other really cool thing I love about this is that the two ownerships of these teams 
have taken an effort to include the supporters groups, even in the even in how they're going to award this winner of the Carolina Classico. Obviously, they're going to do aggregate goals. Um, so goals that are scored in both matches will go towards the total for determining the winner. But they are also going to be doing some tailgating challenges between the supporters groups, both in Asheville City for that matchup and then in Greenville on July 4th for our matchup. The supporters groups are going to compete against each other in a couple of games worth a half a point each. So we actually have a the opportunity as fans to impact whether or not we take home this uh trophy i guess this uh this title uh, maybe is a better term so i i think this is really cool i'm really excited that the team decided to include everyone in this and i think it's going to be really really fun going forward to to be a part of something this cool and uh and i think we have our like i said we have our ownership and we have Asheville city's ownership to thank we also have the leadership of both Milltown Operatives and the South Slope Blues who have been working on this diligently uh, to thank them as well for including everyone and trying to make this a success. I want to say this from my perspective on the podcast. If you have been to the Greenville FC matchups that we've played this year, you know that we have had very different experiences with some of the supporters groups. And you'll hear in our interview here in a little bit with Tim Kiki some of the different experiences they have had with supporters groups. He mentioned specifically positive experiences with Chattanooga FC and negative experiences with Atlanta Silverbacks. I think we've had kind of a mixed bag with different groups of supporters. But I would say this. Uh, my hope for this Asheville City rivalry between Asheville and Greenville is that it could be a good-hearted, fun loving one, not not an aggressive, mean rivalry. We don't hate these guys. They're a great supporters group. They're a great team. And in a lot of ways, Marco and Greenville FC have looked to them a ton and leaned on them a lot for support and and just kind of trying to, you know, they're only a year ahead of us in this process. So they have experienced a lot of things and gone through a lot of growing pains that Marco and Richard and Coach Squires and some of the folks, some of the other folks involved in Greenville FC have been able to look to Asheville and learn from some of the things they went through before us. They're almost like an older brother, if you will. They've kind of lived it. Uh, they were the guinea pigs, and we have been able to learn from them. Same way with Chattanooga. I know that Marco has spoken about Chattanooga as well. But so I would just say, you know, we owe a lot of things to Asheville City, and hopefully, you know, in the future when it's not our first season and it's not their second season, maybe three, four, five years down the road when we're all veterans and experienced in this league and we're kind of uh, we're kind of old hat at that point, um, you know, hopefully it will be very, very competitive, and this will be something that goes back and forth from year to year. This Carolina Classico title. So I just, you know, from my perspective, like I hope we can be welcoming and hospitable when they come down here. I know for sure they're going to do that for us when we go up. They've already been inviting us to the breweries, to the to the supporters hangouts and I would love to see our our interaction with Asheville City be much like it was when Chattanooga came up, a friendly rivalry, but one where we can also grow in support of this sport together and in support of our respective cities. So the team didn't take my suggestion of calling this the Villain Cup, which I think would have been fantastic. Greenville, Asheville, Villain, 
I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I thought it was a great name, but I also love Carolina Classico, and I think this is going to be a ton of fun. So in case you haven't heard, if you haven't heard, I don't know where you've been living under a rock or whatever, but the competitions between the supporters groups are going to take place at 5 o'clock in Asheville on Saturday. So that is when you need to be there and be available if you're going to help Milltown operatives try to gain a point or two in the pregame and then stay to cheer on our our boys up in Asheville. I know that 13 Stripes will also be showing the game if you're not able to come up to Asheville. So if you can't make it up, uh, make sure you get out to 13 Stripes and watch the match with some other Greenville FC supporters. And if you want more information on any of that stuff, make sure you follow the team on social media and follow Milltown Operatives on social media. They have all of the details you need for everything Calico- Carolina Classico related. Um, well, before we jump in any further, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk to Tim Belkicki of Your Smarter Than Us, the Asheville City podcast. And then coming out of that, we will break down the matchup on the field for Saturday, Asheville City and Greenville FC, and then we'll make our predictions. We here at Yeah That Soccer Show are proud to welcome our newest partner, Brad Butchkowski. Brad is a real estate agent with the Wondercheck Realty Group, and he is here to serve all of your real estate needs in the upstate. Brad is a huge fan of the podcast. He is a founding member of Greenville FC, and he wants to connect with you to help you buying or selling a house, whatever you're looking to do. Um, you can visit his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. Check out the listings he's got there. Um, or you can connect with him online. Uh, he has He's on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Brad Buczkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I. Or you can find him on Twitter. That might be the easiest spot to find him. It's I am Brad B. Brad Buczkowski, the newest partner for Yeah That Soccer Show. We're excited to have him. Hey, tell him you heard about him on the podcast. We want to, before we t- break down this game, we want to get into our interview with Tim Belkicki of the You're Smarter Than Us podcast that covers all things Asheville City. So without further ado, let's kick it to that interview. Excited to welcome into the show today, Tim Belkicki from Asheville City SC. Uh, Tim, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, Tim, I would love to hear a little bit about your history, both with soccer in general, but also specifically with Asheville City, the club. I know they haven't been around terribly long, but just tell me a little bit about how you got into being a fan of soccer and then how you got connected to this club. Yeah, absolutely. My my history isn't particularly deep, as I can't imagine it is for too, too many fans of the sport in America. It's not exactly an um, intrinsic baseball sort of apple pie sport here but when I was in college I worked in a lot of kitchens and of course as is normal worked with a lot of um, Latins basically and you know in the middle of a rush I'd find them over in the corner huddled around a tv or a radio and they'd be listening to soccer and just slowly but surely I really really started to kind of appreciate it Learned a little bit more about it, and uh, especially, you know, run there about 2010 to 2012 when it became a little bit easier to watch it. Uh, just fell in love, absolutely fell in love. And last year when Asheville started our club, um, 
I think day one, I bought my season kit jersey when it was available. Uh, first game, I was down at High Wire and made that hike up to Memorial Stadium. Try to do everything I can to make absolutely every game. And just this year, we really kind of jumped on the podcast train and started the You're Smarter Than Us podcast to cover both the men and the women's squads. That's great. Um, so we will have, I'm sure we'll have a good contingent coming up that way on the 23rd. What can folks expect when they come up to Asheville to watch the Greenville FC, Asheville City, the very first matchup of this uh, hopefully budding new rivalry, friendly rivalry, hopefully. But what can folks expect <laughs> when they come up there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll be welcoming welcoming everybody with open arms. Um, Chattanooga was just here a couple weeks ago. They chartered a bus. We spoke to them in the parking lot. They set up on the side of the family stands. Um, they they were rowdy. They were into it. We loved hosting them. Uh, we've had uh, other experiences with some supporter groups. The Atlanta Nickelbacks came up, and, and they always like to um, – they, they stand out, to say the least. But, uh, you know, we can't wait to have you guys up and host you. We hope you guys get up here a little bit before the game and come either to uh, one of the many, many, many breweries that are – well within walking distance to the stadium. Um, I fully expect it to be a sellout that night, 2,500 minimum. Um, I think you guys are going to have a good time and, and hopefully not too good of a time on the pitch though. Well, we'll just have to see about that. I know, uh, I know we have, <laughs> we have had experiences ourselves with both Atlanta and Chattanooga. And I, you know, I think we can, we can get in line in agreement with the very different experiences between the different fan bases uh, in the NPSL, but I'm hoping that we will be more along the Chattanooga lines and less along the Atlanta lines for sure. So tell me a little bit about last year was your first season. Obviously this is Greenville's first season. So we're, we're kind of pressing into that, that atmosphere as well, but tell me about last year, how you guys finished the season and what it was like just watching the team with a with a very first year of play the first year was a, a the learning curve was very steep just in terms of both being a supporter and the on pitch product last year was just a season of draws I, I believe at the end of the season we had more draws than losses or wins we did make the playoffs we lost 1-0 to Atlanta in Atlanta in a super wonky situation where the game got bumped earlier. We actually offered to host it and pay for them to come up. They declined. But I think just the first year growing pains of we, – we on our podcast, we spoke with Greg Cooper of the South Slope Blues a couple of weeks ago, and he really talked about how we, we, we had no expectations that first season. We weren't sure – how many people are going to come out to the games. We weren't sure what the on-pitch on product was going to be. And everything, absolutely everything, just was well above and beyond what we could have expected. The The season didn't end quite the way. We set the goal of making the playoffs, which we did. We lost 1-0 to Atlanta. But certainly we built up, drummed up enough kind of local support that, you know, the um, Stacey Enos and the, the ownership of the women's team saw it fit to, you know, enter into the WPSL. So that's been started. And this year the momentum has really just continued 
um, we set uh, Astral City's women set a WPSL record of 1,472 fans. And, and I mean, that's league wide with teams in California and up north. Uh, Asheville City now actually has that record. And that was a midweek, um, early, early season game. So I'm really excited. We're undefeated there. And as we continue into this, uh, throughout the season and towards the playoffs, I fully expect that number to get back up to the sellout numbers of 2,500. The men, uh, this season's been a little up and down, started super strong. Um, the fans are continuing to come out. Now the school's out. Most of the games, I believe, are going to be sellouts. Um, it, it's been an inspiring, awesome process to see happen. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying really connects with me in terms of where Greenville has been at this year, in terms of not not really knowing what to expect, having the turnout be great, having a lot of draws. That sounds very familiar to us right now. I mean, we're we're itching for that. You know, we've gotten one win on the road. We're itching for our first home win. But yeah, I, I certainly understand uh, all of those things you're you're speaking to. Um, and like you said, you guys started the season off really, really strong and maybe it has, it has plateaued out a little bit now, but what are your, what are your expectations for the rest of this season? Do you guys have high hopes to compete and to potentially even win this, this, uh, conference? The way our schedule is kind of divvied out, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking at your guys' schedule at the present moment and I'm a little envious to be perfectly honest because you guys do, a, they, the schedule makers did a fantastic job of separating kind of the home and away legs of your two games where you're playing almost all the teams in the first half and then flip-flopping in the second half. Another frustrating aspect of our season thus far has been that we we play almost all of our games against the other clubs almost back-to-back with maybe one game in between. Some of them are literally back-to-back. So there's there's not a lot of development that's happening in between the games um what worked in the first game you don't really have time to kind of retool it before you see them again you know just a few days later it seems i i our schedule's kind of backloaded also we play both nashville and new orleans towards the end of the season so in a weird way i do kind of feel like our destiny is in our own hands i think a very very realistic uh, goal this season would be just to host a playoff game I, I feel like New Orleans and Chattanooga are kind of running away with things. Um, it looks like both of us actually have an opportunity to <laughs> um, stop them towards the end of the season. But I think hosting a playoff game is a realistic um, a realistic goal for the rest of the season. I would also like to kind of see on the pitch, though, you know, we spoke uh, right after the Knoxville game We on our podcast. We kind of spoke about how it seems like we have a plan A, and plan A sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't work, but we really, really, really need a plan B. Looking back through your guys' formations, I've been super impressed with your ability to kind of take Bunting and Wattam. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, Lee Wattam. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of intermix them up top. And it looks like you guys are maybe even switching up formations from a 4-2-3-1 and a 3-4-3. It seems like you guys really have that ability to be flexible on the pitch, whereas at the present moment, Asheville seems very just embedded in what we do. And, you know, when it works, it's we, we're 
doing great, but when it doesn't work, it we we don't have a plan B at the moment. So maybe for the rest of this season, having some sort of flexibility to react to the changes that are happening on the pitch. Yeah, no, I, I certainly can appreciate all that. And and just speaking as someone who, as a fan of Greenville, at this point we're really pushing to try and be in the playoffs as our goal. And so if we – I don't think we have really a good chance of hosting a match, but if we get in, we'd love to come up to Asheville to play because that's close enough for us to to all get up there. And, and again, it would be a, a good continuation of this fun, brewing little uh, I-26 uh Carolina Classico, whatever we're going to call this rivalry. Um, so give me a couple of the players on your squad, guys to guys for Greenville fans to keep an eye on that are maybe going to cause us some trouble. Yeah, I think our defense has really been our standout unit of the season thus far. Um, Jamie Smith, um, one of our center backs, is especially – uh, he's an English center back. He generally plays on the right. Number four, he, he's been a, potentially our player of the season right up there with our keeper, Parker Siegfried. Uh, I would just watch it coming towards our goal. We we're stout. We haven't given up more than, I believe, two goals all season in a game. Uh, we did have a shutout earlier this season, which was our first in league history. Um, also up top, Bruno Andrade, number 40. He plays out on the right wing, Brazilian, fast, 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 fast. Um, he, I don't think he scored yet this season, but he has a few assists. He should give you trouble out there on that right wing. He loves to put in a good cross. And we do have some midfielders that are just about tall enough to get on the end of them. Um, Cameron Saul, he just came back. He has an injury, but uh, scored our goal against Chattanooga at home. Um, we're, we, we're very excited to have him back. Um, so we talked a little bit about the you talked a little bit about the growing pains of watching this team in the first year and the first part of this year. But talk to me about the other side of that. What has it been like? the the joys of being a part of a team and watching it grow from its infancy where your first year you don't know what to expect you're kind of hoping to get to the playoffs and you you accomplish those goals and now moving into year two you have higher goals and you're watching this team grow and play well at the beginning what's that experience been like just as a just from the fan perspective again inspiring i think at the beginning of last season we again didn't know what to expect weren't quite sure how the community was going to react to it. I know Greenville, much like Asheville, has that kind of burgeoning um, love of the sport all the way. I don't, I don't quite remember what the statistic I saw was, but it's something about like how NBC, when they show the Premier League and they have their separate markets, um, the Greenville Spartanburg, and it didn't say Asheville, but we get our NBC station out of that area was in the top 10 nationwide. And I, I think it was actually closer to the top five. So there's obviously a strong, strong, strong desire for this sport in this area. So we we wanted to see what the community was going to do. We have a strong adult rec league. The youth league is very strong. Throughout the kind of western end of the region, our high schools always do well, always challenging for state championships. So once we saw that connect with a summer 
league, semi-pro, amateur team, we, we knew there was something there. Obviously, the women's team coming in was the second kind of um, jump up in level, and we kind of still have those same nerves, not so much because we didn't think they want to perform on the pitch, but, you know, as, as tight as budgets are and, and you're kind of deciding whether or not what to do with your entertainment dollars, it, it was, again, just a, a double, triple fist pump kind of in the air when we saw that people were going to come out for that, too. So kind of moving forwards, we we realize now that the community is going to support this. We don't have any other uh, – we have UNC Asheville around here, so we do have a college or two. But when it comes to sports being played on a level that's higher than high school, it's kind of limited. So to see the fans really come out to that, we know that there's a market. We know there's something that can be established. So – we we've kind of we're kind of looking over towards Chattanooga a little bit. They've been around since 2009. They've got a strong women's team. Their men's team is obviously an institution, but that's kind of where I would like to see things kind of start to build to. Knowing that within, I believe they went to the NPSL championship game or they hosted it against New York, I think in 2015. So kind of setting that like seven eight year. Uh, goal of, well, let's really be challenging for things in about eight years. Let's really kind of establish ourselves, develop an identity, know that when you go out and you're recruiting players, whether it's at the college level or wherever it is, hey, come to Asheville City. And that kind of comes with a with a characteristic that comes with an identity. When you come here, you know what sort of fans you're going to be playing in front of. You know what sort of uh, game we play. We, you know where you're going to fit in, what the reception's going to be. I, I really think Chattanooga for almost all of us. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about New Orleans and if they've been kind of structured the same way, but I think Chattanooga should really be the, um, the example that we're all striving to build towards because what they're doing over there, it, it's just such a perfect example of what when a when a city that isn't super pervasive in professional amateur sports huddles together around something like the NPSL, what can be accomplished? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, we have certainly been looking to them. I know our, our owners even really met with, met with the guys over in Chattanooga to get some of the ideas and thoughts on how to structure Greenville, just because they really are the, the benchmark for this league and for this division in particular. So for I, like I said, I hope we have a lot of folks coming up there on the 23rd. But in case there are some that can't make it, that are got to stay back in Greenville, how can folks check out the the match via streaming? Where is that available? I believe it will be streamed by IMAVL on their YouTube page. I, I I'm not quite sure if it ends up on their YouTube page or the Asheville City SC YouTube page. But every home game is uh, streamed. The the guys that do the commentary are quite humorous, and they've had a little bit of a learning curve too. But they've they've really pulled it together this season. And any game that I do happen to miss that they stream, I always enjoy. Yeah, that's great. Um, why don't will you tell us a little bit about where folks can listen to your podcast and follow you guys on social media? Yeah, absolutely. We are the You're Smarter Than Us podcast. We just put it up on Front Street. Me and Pat are 
just fans of the sport and have horrible opinions and we we love sharing them with people but you can check us out on anchor itunes you're smarter than us we're on twitter at your underscore smarter and you can shoot us an email at your smarter than us at gmail.com all right, Tim. Hey, thanks for jumping on and just spending a couple minutes with us and helping us preview this Asheville City game. And then hopefully uh, we'll jump on with you guys and chat a little bit when you guys are ready to come down to visit us on the 4th of July. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. A big thanks once again to Tim Bell Kiki for jumping in and giving us an interview. Go check him out at the You're Smarter Than Us podcast. They do great work up there. Now, let's get into breaking down the Asheville City Soccer Club. Asheville City is 4-3-3 on the year. They have done really well. They had a a really hot start where they were top of the league for a while. Um, They've slowed down a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, But they have some... They have a a lot going on for them. They have several people who have scored goals. Their main goal scorer is a guy named Cameron Saul. He has four goals in their 10 games. They also have two guys sitting on two goals, Jamie Smith and Thomas Dealey. Then they have a a handful of guys at one goal, Elma in four, Hans Burmeister, which might be the most German name I've ever heard, Hans Burmeister. Bruno Andrade has one, Christian Moore Cowell has one, and Elliot Cutts has one goal for the season. And if that doesn't sound like a ton of names on the score sheet, that is because Asheville City does not score more than one goal in a match very often. So in this run of 10 games where they are 4-3-3, three, and three, they have only scored more than one goal three times. That was a 3-1 win over Atlanta a 2-1 win over the Emerald Force, and a 2-0 win over Inter Nashville. So these guys score low numbers, low amounts, kind of a lot like Greenville does. I feel like we haven't had many games where we've scored many goals. On paper, this team looks a ton like Greenville, and that's why I think this Carolina Classico rivalry is going to be so good because I think we are built similarly to the way Asheville City is built. Now, they have quite a few yellow cards. Um, so Jamie Smith, who is one of their players, got four yellow cards early, early in the season and actually had to sit out a match for suspension of yellow card accumulation. Since that time, he has not gotten another yellow card. I don't know if that's because he hasn't played as much or if maybe, you know, you get suspended for yellow cards that early in the season. I think it kind of uh, it kind of wakes you up a little bit. Um, they have a couple guys with two and a, and a whole bunch of guys with one yellow card for the season, so they don't really have anybody in yellow card trouble. Greenville, on the other hand, does. Manuel Perez uh, picked up a third yellow card on Wednesday, so he is sitting on three. So if he gets another one, he's going to have to sit out a match. And, you know, we we are doing pretty good on yellow cards. We have not had a lot of them this season uh, comparatively to other teams. I don't know what that says about us. I guess we're not as aggressive and not as uh, rough and tumble in our style of play. But, uh, yeah, so we, we do have one, one on yellow card watch, but nobody else is in that boat. Um, Asheville city has also only had one red card for the season. Um, and I, I, I don't remember watching about it. I do remember hearing it was a pretty obvious and pretty bad red card foul that Elma in for, had early in the season but other than that they've been pretty pretty clean and pretty pretty straightforward so 
what do I think is going to happen in this match? Well, I think one, it's going to be very low scoring. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, one or both teams had zero or one or both teams had one. I think if a team gets to two, they probably win. And that's just my honest opinion on this. I think if, if somebody gets two goals early in this game, I think that's probably the team that is going to be victorious because neither one of these teams scores a lot. <laughs> so I, I'm looking at the way that they set up some of the potential uh, potential issues they had. And you heard you heard Tim talk about the lack of a plan B, the lack of flexibility, where he said that he feels like Greenville does a good job for that. Um, I think that could give us the edge, but if I'm honest, we're on the road. We're going to be in a very, very raucous environment. It will probably be sold out up there in Asheville. It's probably going to be pretty wild. And these guys play a very, very similar way that we do. I really, on paper, this looks like a draw to me. And so I think that's what I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. I think both teams knock a goal in, but I don't see either team having a real strong advantage on paper now I haven't been I haven't had the best of luck with my predictions uh, over the past couple of matches but this one I feel pretty good about but let me say this because I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw I think that gives us immense opportunity to as supporters to to contribute to winning this Carolina Classico we're needed we need to take points in these games beforehand in order to make sure we can help our team pull out the ultimate victory. And then hopefully if we can keep this to a draw, I think that bodes well for us coming home on July 4th, July 4th is going to be probably a pretty big day for us. We'll probably have the place packed out. And I think the home field advantage could give us a victory on that day. I'm not predicting that yet, but I think if we can walk away with the draw in this match, obviously you want to win, but I feel like if we walk away with a draw, I think I feel good about that. I feel really good about where we would be in terms of the Carolina Classico coming back home. Hey, that is the show for today. Um, I hope that you are able to get up to Asheville early at 5 o'clock to check out all the stuff going on pregame and help contribute to the Carolina Classico, hopefully victory that we will have here in a couple weeks um, thanks for tuning in again. As always, um, be sure to share this with your friends. Let folks know what's going on. Um, that's the only way we can continue to grow as a podcast. We want to thank all of our sponsors and thank you patrons who continue to support us month after month. Uh, we do this for you. That's really that's really all there is to it. If you're interested in learning more about what it means to be a patron, you can visit yeahthatsoccershow.com/patron. Uh, the other way you can really support us is start whenever you want to buy something on Amazon. Don't go to amazon.com. Go to yeahthatsoccershow.com/amazon. It'll take you to the Amazon homepage, and we'll just get a little percentage of what you buy there on Amazon. We're taking from Amazon's profits, not from your pocketbooks. I can promise you that there won't be any added charges from the regular Amazon prices. So, thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you up in Asheville. <laughs>